We got your latest Texas football, baseball, and basketball. And how about a little buy or sell? This is Off the Bench Podcast with Luke Hendry and Robert Larkin. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, Luke, here in Austin, Texas. I'm Robert Larkin alongside my co-host, Luke Hendry. And we're going to start off today by talking about the big news from the football program over the weekend involving head coach Charlie Strong. So yeah, over the weekend, Charlie Strong was connected to a divorce case of former Louisville Regent Jonathan and Tracy Blue. He was named as a critical witness, and actually Jonathan Blue's lawyer motioned for Strong to turn over the following. All of his text messages, phone bills from 2012 to present, and all correspondence exchanged between Strong and Tracy Blue and with anyone else about her. In addition, Old Father request in Movado watch given to Strong by Tracy Blue and all clothing and jewelry she gave him. So obviously there's some sort of connection that's gone on behind closed curtains between Coach Strong and this Tracy Blue. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this, Luke. I mean, uh, you, I mean, I think the intent is pretty clear what's happening right here. I think what Blue wants to uh, point out here is there's some uh, wild imagination. Let our imaginations run with this story before it even there's even any substance to it. And I think uh, there's really no way to connect them right now. Obviously, with based on evidence, but I mean, people are going to do what they are going to do. They're going to start speculating. They're going to wonder if Charlie's out there with the wife. They're going to wonder if the wife had something for Charlie. And obviously, that's going to look bad on his core values that he's imposing on his football team in the last two years. And a little slip-up like that could give the Board of Regents or even the athletic department here at UT to take action against them an excuse to maybe get what they've always wanted, which is maybe a Charlie Strong firing, which certainly that's not the way we want to see a head coaching situation handled at the University of Texas. Strong released a statement on Sunday saying that he was recently given the information regarding a marital dispute between a couple he knows in Louisville. And, he, and I quote, he said that I am not a party to their divorce and have received no court order in this case. I certainly respect the legal system, and if I do receive a court order, I will, I will review it and respond then. My number one priority is getting this team ready to compete at the highest level. We are doing that now and will continue to do so. Luke, there's been uh, rumors that Strong will appear in Louisville court on, on this Friday, actually, to discuss and uh, Gets, uh, and have a deposition there, but to me, there's no substance to the story at all. I don't know what your thoughts about this right now are. Rampant speculation is, is kind of what I think uh, about it. Obviously, there was some connection between Tracy Blue and Coach Strong, but nothing at this point to get all fussed up about. I think Texas needs to focus on their football. I think Ch- Coach Charlie Strong needs to focus on that, and that's the direction they should take. But what happens if he does, if there is something there? Do you think this is enough for him to get fired, or... Do you think this is something that just blows by easily? Is it going to be a factor when the season comes around? You know, I think uh, one of the funny things is Coach Strong has always preached, you know, respect women, and that's something that he imposes, especially on his players. So I think it gives uh, especially the Board of Regents and the Athletic Department uh, a chance to consider, but I think there has to be indisputable evidence that there was something wrong done by Coach Charlie Strong. On the basketball side for Texas, a huge win on Monday night against Kansas State. They came out and clinched the victory by one point, continuing some Texas momentum. But obviously, it's been shaky the last few starts. And we got to talk about Prince Ebay, somebody who looked like he was on the rise, but the last two games has been nothing but disappointing for the offense. Yeah, the latest mock drafts I've seen have Prince Ebay ranked as high as the late second round in the NBA draft. Unheard of before the season even started. 
He's a great athlete, but recently you haven't seen the skill that he's brought before people started to focus on him as a basketball player. I think as more attention is drawn to him, he's had a struggle trying to get to the rim, trying to make post moves. I mean, the way this Texas team works, they're never going to be able to play through Prince Ebay. He's just not that type of player. And a lot of pressure has been put on his shoulders, of course, but that's going to happen when you have no Cam Ridley and not enough big men to fill that void. I mean, the last two games, Prince Ebay has had more fouls then he has had points. Like that's that's a horrible stat. And when you think about it, that's certainly not something you want from it's your, like your high starting. School. Yeah, that's 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 not a guy who should be playing D one college basketball on a team that's expecting to make a run to the Sweet Sixteen. And I think that's a horrible stat to have. I mean, he fouled out against Kansas State early in the game against Betters in foul trouble. And Shaka Smart even said that like it's ridiculous what he's doing on the basketball court right now. His foul, his fouls last night were a little unavoidable. Smart said, but the reason behind that sometimes is a lack of discipline. And I think that's a perfect way to describe it. I mean, sometimes you look out there and it looks like he's not playing with a smart head on his shoulders. He goes for a right. Uh, just absolute awesome dunk or an absolute awesome block and ends up drawing a foul or missing the dunk. And it's absolutely frustrating to watch when you think of this uh, caliber player that he could be. I mean, if you're projected to be an NBA pick, you've obviously got nice skill set. But Prince Ebay has really disappointed me the last two games. Yeah, I think uh, you know Texas needs to take what they, they have accomplished and, and look at it as, as somewhat positive. But the big concern is there's not any certain player that can take the ability and score baskets for the Horns. They have a huge game on Saturday against OU, followed on Monday by Kansas, and then an away game to wrap out the regular season against OSU. But as they approach Big 12 tournament play, and even more importantly, NCAA tournament play, the big question is who is going to take over this team? I think Shaka Smart is going to have to be crucially dependent on the tenacity and the Havoc-style play, especially with those freshmen who have no experience in the big leagues as far as the NCAA tournament goes. I think it's going to be crucial for them to win games in the postseason to have tenacity and energy unlike any other team. I mean, Grant, they're both really great players. Eric Davis and Kerwin Roach combined for 19 points on the road in, in Manhattan, a place that the Longhorns have typically had a hard time playing. But my biggest concern watching this team is they play aggressive in the first half. There's a lot of nice ball movement. But as the half starts to wind down and as the second half starts to get going, there, a lot of aggressive style of play is lost on the offensive side of the floor. And it seems like everyone's kind of just waiting for Isaiah Taylor to make a big play. He's a great athlete, don't get me wrong. But he's not going to be the guy that can single-handedly carry you through a game. He's not a type of guy that's like D'Angelo Russell of like last year or a guy even like Wayne Selden at KU. He's not going to be the guy that you can just give the ball to and let him shoot anywhere on the floor. There needs to be better ball movement in the second half. And I just that's my biggest concern with this team is that there's not enough big-time players and there's not enough shooters on this team late in the game, and no one seems to like step up. They just watch Isaiah Taylor make big plays. And certainly it's helped that Isaiah Taylor is stepping up recently, and he made that big three we saw at the end of last game. But if no one steps up around him, there's just going to be a huge problem for the Horns come March. I think another guy I just want to talk about real quick is a senior – Javon Felix. I mean, he's got the short, stout body and, Jesus, a huge freaking shoulder <laughs> vein. But that doesn't make plays down the stretch. And, you know, one thing about Javon that I've noticed is his highs aren't that high and his lows, good God, they're bad. Yeah. So he's just not being the leader that a senior guard needs to be, for, especially for the offensive side of the ball. I agree. I mean, Javon Felix has to step up. 
We saw him play well earlier in the season. Of course, we love him for what he did against UNC. One of the most fantastic finishes I've seen to a UT basketball game ever. But one game does not make or break a season, as we know, in college basketball. And if Javon Felix and this Texas team want to make it to March, they're going to have to rely on him at some point to make some big shots. And what I've seen the last even five games from him has not been something that I think he's uh, up to playing. I mean, if they want to beat OU on Saturday, he's going to have to have a good game. Well, hopefully students and fans can come out on Saturday as OU will take on Texas at the Frank Irwin Center at 1 o'clock. Texas baseball began their season this past weekend with a series against UNLV. They ended up winning the series 2-1 to one and swept Game 3 7-0. to zero. I think the highlight for the Horns, though, was the youth of this program. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think Patrick Mathis was actually the best player on the diamond the entire weekend. Finished with two home runs, including a whopping 401 on Saturday. Really, really great play this entire weekend. What's uh, funny about Texas baseball is that they're not known for their explosive bats, but we saw that all weekend. You see an explosion on uh, Sunday, 7-0, and then you see on Saturday scoring 11 runs. That's huge. Uh, I mean, you have your leadoff hitters like Sang Gerwitz and the two old hitter like Brett Boswell, both going 3-5 for five on Saturday with two runs apiece. I mean, they both played well, and there was no really – I mean, the pitchers were great for Texas, but the story was the bats, and I think that's a good sign for the Longhorns, especially since they struggled at the tail end of last season with the bats as they headed in to Omaha. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, coming up, they have a, another big tournament going on this weekend here in Austin. They'll have Stanford on Thursday at 6.30 at Dish Falk Field. So now we're going to try something new here at Off the Bench Podcast, and it's a little buy or sell type of talk. And uh, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to put out a, a statement, and uh, one of us is going to kind of provide some analysis on whether we buy or sell. So I start with this, Robert. Horns make Sweet 16. Uh, Look, uh, just the way they've been playing lately, I'm going to have to say sell. I mean, if you talked about this two weeks ago, I would have thought that in a heartbeat, but I can't see the Longhorns making it to the Sweet 16 without one other guy stepping up. Talk to me again in a week after they played Oklahoma and Kansas at home, but if these Horns want to make it, they're going to have to play a lot better than this. I haven't seen enough guard play that's indicative of a tournament team. You look at Kansas, the way they've been playing lately, Tyler Green, Wayne Selden, all playing at the top of their games, making big shots, winning tough road games. I just don't see the Horns beating teams like that in March. I don't know how you feel about that. But uh, buy or sell, Luke. Cam Ridley's back for March Madness. I would actually buy it. I think uh, Texas is desperate at this point. I think uh, Shaka Smart and the Texas basketball program is going to do all they can to make sure that he is healthy because that's obviously the biggest concern as you know he, he should come back for one last year next year. So obviously his health is utmost the importance, but I think they've done a great job of getting him into a position where if they do make it past the first or second round, I think he does have a good chance of coming back, especially because of the poor play on Prince EVA part. So I would probably buy that. Okay. What about Texas finishes with the top ten class in basketball and football in twenty sixteen? Oh man. Um, that's a tough one. It kind of depends on the recruiting rankings in basketball. Andrew Jones is an outstanding athlete from Urban MacArthur. And I think if they get the, the commitment of uh, Jared Allen from St. Stephen's here in Austin, this is certainly a top 10 class. But they're battling a couple of blue blood programs. I'd be shocked if they don't land Jared Allen. I think that's one that's 
been under the radar for a while, but I could easily see them securing that commitment from a big guy who's easily would be the leader of this class, and that would make for a top-ten class with him and Jones. So I see the basketball side. Football depends how the Horns finish in 2016. Uh, it's going to depend a lot on if Charlie Strong's still got the job. Players love him. It's going to just kind of depend what happens there. There's too much murky water in the football program right now. I'm about to sell that right now. Uh, Luke, Charlie Strong subpoena is a non-story and will not affect the 2016-2017 season by herself. Man, ah, that's that's one that you you you, you buy uh, due to the fact that there's no specific evidence, but you also kind of want to sell just to despite the way society is. Anytime there's some sort of scandal, just the media sucks that up and tries to utilize it, especially against top programs especially a deflated football program here at Texas. But at the end of the day, I think I'm going to buy that. I don't think it's going to have any effect on the way that the football team is able to, to gain their focus. I think Charlie Strong is a mature enough coach where he can take those personal problems, put them off to the side, at least around the football program, and utilize his coaching strategies to not only infect the players the best way, but the program as a whole. So here's the last one, buy or sell, something that's been talked about here at Texas for the last two years, coming into his third year, but will Charlie Strong be here for a fourth season? Oh, and I get the toughest one. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to sell. There's, I, It just seems like this is not stable enough situation for Charlie. I think when he got this job, he did not imagine the politics that were going to go into it. Mac Brown was so good at it good at glad-handing and making you feel good. And that's what the boosters want here at UT, at a big university where money matters. And Charlie Strong's a football coach first and foremost, not a politician. Not to say I don't think he could have success here. And it kind of depends on how he does this season. If he does well, there's no way they're going to fire him. But if you see him go 6-6 six and six again, I think he's out of here. Uh, Char- I mean, he just doesn't seem like the fit in Austin. I wouldn't be so bad. I think he's the coach that Texas needs right now to really change that culture, but the way things are, I don't see it changing anytime soon, which is really damn unfortunate, because I think Charlie Strong's a hell of a coach and one of the best in the country, but the way things are and the way politics work, I think if Charlie Strong does not beat a 7-5 and record, I think you say Cyanard to Chuck, and he's out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it for Off the Bench Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, have a good one.